Hello London, we are ready for your vote. I'm Stephen Perkins and this is Douzepois, the Eurovision fan podcast from the Binge family, here with you currently every fortnight with Eurovision news, history and some questionable opinions. And speaking of which, I thought we'd do something a little bit different for this week's podcast. A lot of the recent episodes have been about Eurovision history and filled with statistics, so I decided to do something a little bit more subjective for a bit of fun and rank every single Eurovision winner from this century. The process was pretty simple. I went back and re-watched each one and then scored them individually on the song, the performer and the staging, and then I used those tallies to pull them into some sort of order. Now before we get going, I just want to state that this really is just a bit of fun, it's not meant to be representative of the opinions of the wider Binge-Watch family, and it might not even be that representative of my own opinions in the long term, because I could do this ranking in a year's time and come up with completely different results. But doing a ranking is usually a bit of a laugh, and it'll be interesting to have a chance to discuss what each winner did well, or in some cases not so well. It's certainly been quite enlightening for me. There were some songs that I didn't remember liking that much, which turned out to have weathered rather well, and some that I liked at the time, which haven't necessarily stood up outside the context of the contest. It's all going to be fairly off the cuff and less scripted than usual, apart from this intro bit. And one thing I want you to remember as we go through all of these, as I might uh, upset a few people with where certain songs have landed, is that basically all of these songs, or most of these songs, are great songs and the margins in between them are very very narrow indeed we're sometimes talking about songs that literally got the exact same score and i had to basically split hairs to decide which one was going to go above the other so bear that in mind when you're listening to it and please don't be too harsh at number 23 it is dima balan with believe which was russia's win in 2008 the main thing i associate with this song is just the smugness of the performance which i have to say really doesn't sit that well with me at all uh, i think you know anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while will already be aware that this was not one of my favorites and it didn't really uh, change anything when i went back and watched it there's something about the way he performs which is just really arrogant and unpleasant to watch uh, one of the famous elements of this performance is the ice skater who comes in and uh, does some impressive axles and twirls around him and uh, possibly a bit unpleasant of me to admit but I don't think I've ever wanted to see an ice skater drive their blade over someone's uh, bare feet quite so much in my life before there's a really unpleasant yowl in the middle of the song he rips his shirt open halfway through it's all just a bit of an ick from start to finish for me and I think the song as a whole is just a little bit generic so I can't really find much to recommend about this song and I know it's you know pretty uh, normal for people to rag on Russia at this point and I just want to say the fact that it's the Russian entry has absolutely nothing to do with it I just can't bear this song or this performer at number 22 it's Olsen Brothers with Fly on the Wings of Love which was Denmark's winner in the year 2000 one thing I should say at this point is that I think Dima Balan is probably the only uh, winner at this point that I actively dislike. Uh, the rest are songs I all like to an extent, so we're just talking about you know how much I like them compared to some of the others. This one I think it, yeah it's a it's a lovely song. Um, there's some great panpipes in it, a bit of vocodering in there, which feels very of the time, which I'd kind of forgotten about actually. Um, but it just feels a little bit understated, I guess, compared to a lot of the other songs in this countdown. Uh, there's something very feel good about it. Uh, the vocals get a little bit naked at times but it's very straightforward I think and that's not a criticism particularly but I think it just doesn't really leave me with much of an impact when I go back and look at it in the context of all the other songs that have won Eurovision this century. Speaking of entries that feel very much of their time at number 21 it's Tanel Padar, Dave Benton and 2XL with Everybody which was the Estonian winner in the year 2001. I mean this one just Everything about it feels early 2000s from the styling to the actual music to the dancing in the background but 
there's still something incredibly sincere about it. It's a really fun song. It's really enjoyable. There's no kind of um, cynicism or edge to it. Uh, it's just an incredibly joyful performance. Everyone on stage is having a great time. It's just kind of unashamed dad pop, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, some of Tonell's vocals are a little bit scratchy, but the whole thing is just really fun. I really love the whole call and response element of it. Um, also, if you've ever played the Nintendo DS game Rhythm Thief and the Emperor's Treasure, both the actual kind of music and the dance scene in the background really reminded me of that, so um, worth checking that out uh, if uh, you happen to have a vintage video game lying around somewhere. The next one might be a little bit controversial. At number 20, Alexander Ryback with Fairy Tale, which was Norway's winner in 2009. If I'm really honest, I just I've never liked this song very much. I find the lyrics to it really asinine. But he sells this song incredibly well. He's got a really endearing stage presence and the way that he's able to go from some quite demanding vocals into immediately like whipping his violin out and playing that incredibly well um, that's very cool that's a lot of talent there I can't deny that the staging for this one I find a little bit questionable I think the acrobatics don't entirely fit the song but they do sort of fit the atmosphere that has been conjured for the song which is this whole kind of circus atmosphere I think the thing that really struck me about it was it feels like the sort of song that belongs at the end of Act 1 of a musical, but I just can't quite get over the fact that the, the lyrics, for me, just don't really hit the mark on this one, as, as great as the rest of the performance is. Moving on to number 19, it's Man Zelmuller with Heroes, which was, of course, Sweden in 2015. If I'm honest, I think, for, for my money, this is the weakest winning song of the last 10 years. There's just something very kind of mid and generic about both the music and the lyrics to it. But it is definitely the best, most imaginative use of the video screens I think I've ever seen at the contest with the you know, cute little guy with the hat that and the way Mons interacts with him. Um, that's all so good and so clever. But I think, you know, you really notice how much that is a distraction from the song because there are points when that kind of um, goes away and it's just Mons and some lights dancing around. And at that point, you're like, actually, this song is kind of average. And you know, he, as a performer, is fine. He's quite charismatic, but he's not top tier again for me. So, yeah, the, the song itself, I think, is just a little bit too by numbers for me to really be able to rank it any higher. At number 18, it's Mari N with I Wanna which was Latvia's winner in 2002. This one ended up being a bit higher than I thought it was going to be. I really didn't like it at the time. I, I found it a little bit grating. But going back and watching it now, I think, actually, it's, it's quite a good entry. Um, there are bits of it I still don't enjoy very much. I think some of her live vocals are a little bit ropey. The, the music itself is very kind of like the, the demo on a Casio keyboard. But I think this was perhaps the point when the tide started to change a little bit and the importance of an actual performance became so much more of an element of a Eurovision win. You know, I love the fact that there's this kind of uh, gender ambiguity to the performance, the way she starts it in um, you know, a, a blazer and, and a trouser suit and a hat. And there's a very kind of masculine energy to the way she performs and she's dancing with a woman. And uh, as it progresses, she kind of strips off the layers of the costume and she's in this dress underneath. And, you know, the, the, the roles kind of change throughout it, which I think is really fun. Um, and I love the way that, that the, the staging works for this one, even if I'm not crazy about the song. But I will say it's an incredibly catchy song and I don't think I gave it enough credit for that at the time. At number 17, it's Salvador Sobral with Amar Pelos Dois, which was Portugal's winner in 2017. This one I had a bit of trouble deciding exactly where I was going to put it because I think it is a stunningly beautiful song. His voice is absolutely angelic. Um, so from that regard, it, you know, it ought to be a top tier song for me. But I mentioned that I was, you know, putting the performance and the staging as part of the uh, metric in here. And I think that's where this one falls down for me a little bit, because I find his his mannerisms as he performs really off-putting. I find him as a performer very slightly 
skeevy and um to be perfectly honest, I can't. I don't think I can ever fully di- divorce the performance and the song from all of the comments he was making around the time of the of the uh, competition about you know bringing back real music to Eurovision, which you know particularly in light of the song that actually won the contest in 2016, just you know left a really sour taste in my mouth. So you know, lovely song, you know, incredibly beautiful song, beautiful uh, vocals, but the performer is is slightly what lets this one down for me. At number 16, it's Lordi with Hard Rock Hallelujah, which was, of course, Finland from 2006. I mean, looking back at this one, I just feel it's absolutely impossible not to smile when the performance starts because this isn't my kind of music at all, but it's just such kind of high camp that it's just art. The absolute commitment to the gimmick, to what they're doing, is just flawless for me. And the fact that you know, they didn't rest on that gimmick. The, the song itself is really, really strong. Like I said, it's not my type of music at all, but I can really appreciate how well-crafted it is. And there's just such a sense of fun about it. It's kind of, it's both what Eurovision is all about, and at the same time, it's bringing something completely different to Eurovision for the, the time that it was uh, performed. So yeah, this one was great fun, even if it wasn't particularly my kind of music i look back at this one incredibly fondly at number 15 it's kalash orchestra with stefania which won for ukraine in 2022 this one's always a bit of a tricky one to evaluate because it just feels so much more about the moment in time and you know the the historical context of that year's contest rather than the song or the band particularly but i do think it holds up really well the song is incredibly catchy i love all the different elements within it you know the 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 kind of the traditional pop chorus the rapping i love the swaying dance routine i love all the instruments that they've got on stage but i think it is also hard to shake the fact that it probably wasn't a winner under ordinary circumstances that said there is something incredibly sincere about the way it's performed and you could really just see in their eyes how much they love being there how much they really really wanted this moment and it's really hard to take that away from them at number 14 it's emily de forest with only teardrops denmark's winner from 2013 uh the one thing that really stands out to me about this one is that the lyrics aren't great. I mean, the chorus doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's catchy, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. But I do really love the line in the second verse, come and face me now here on the stage tonight, because anything slightly meta always scores very highly with me. I think Emily's vocals are absolutely fantastic on this. She's a brilliant live singer. Um, I really enjoy the gradual progressing to even bigger drums as the song gets towards its kind of final act. I love the very good deployment of the tin whistle. I think you look at the performance as a whole and it's just incredibly well crafted. It's clearly got winner written all over it. But at the same time, it is quite hard for me just to get past the slightly questionable quality of the lyrics. At number 13, it's Helena Paparitsu with My Number One from Greece in 2005. This one is an incredibly committed performance. She's really dialing up the kind of breathy sexiness behind it. Um, again, the lyrics to this one, I feel, are a little bit inane, but the song is incredibly catchy. Uh, there's really, really good staging here. She's in total command of the stage. She's got her kind of male backing dancers behind her who are kind of totally working to her whims, which is great. There's an absolutely fantastic bit where they all kind of lift her up into the air and one of them pulls out some strings and she just plays an imaginary fiddle out of nowhere. And there's a bit where all the dancers lie in a number one shape as well, which is fantastically cringe. I love it. So yeah, I think a really, really fun song. Again, just slightly let down by the lyrics for me. On the subject of slightly questionable lyrics, at number 12, it is Netta with Toy, Israel's winner from 2018. You know, this song is absolute nonsense. I think we all know that, but it's meant to be nonsense and that's fine. I can overlook it because it's very clearly just meant to be catchy and daft. Um, The staging on this one, I think, is a little bit 
overly busy. I think it works for the kind of song that it is, but it does kind of give you a bit of a migraine watching it sometimes. I think Netta herself is a great performer. You know, the way she can move from doing silly chicken noises to just belting out a really crisp and powerful note. And as I mentioned earlier, there was something quite delicious about kind of watching this be the song that uh, took the win after Salvador Sobral's comments about real music when this was clearly kind of high camp Eurovision at its best. Sitting just outside the top 10 at number 11 is Duncan Lawrence with Arcade, winning for the Netherlands in 2019. This one, I think, is really kind of beautiful in its simplicity. The staging is very simple but very effective. Uh, I love the fact that the most dramatic thing that happens in the entire staging of it is the little kind of glowing orb that just gets lowered down above his piano halfway through and then just pops back up again. You know, very smooth, um, but really kind of picks this moment very well. He is an incredibly committed and sincere performer. It's a really haunting, well-crafted song. I think the whole thing is a very, very solid winner, but there's just nothing, it doesn't have that it factor that would just push it quite into the top 10 for me. And so here we go, the top 10. At number 10, it is Lorene with Euphoria which was, of course, her first win for Sweden in 2012. This was one of those pieces of staging where the focus was kept very, very tight on the singer, and I think that works to really great effect. It's very kind of shadowy. She's got this excellent crab-walking dance that she does. There's a little bit of confetti rain in there. And I think she is just a fantastic performer who just holds the audience in the palm of her hand throughout. Her live vocals are pretty much flawless I mean you can't really hold a candle to them the only thing really that kind of detracts from this one for me is the fact that they bring in a dancer kind of two-thirds of the way through and I feel that's kind of unnecessary and it slightly detracts from the performance a little bit because I think she is such a powerful performer in and of herself she doesn't need that and so when the dancer comes on you know, for the final kind of chorus it just feels a little bit like they didn't have the courage of their convictions in the way they were staging it so that was where this one slightly lost points for me at number nine, it's Conchita Verst with Rise Like a Phoenix for Austria in 2014. This is a great example of what is essentially a mid-tier Bond theme just being elevated by a flawless performer and some very, very well-judged staging. There's no extra dancers, there's no backing singers. The whole thing is just on Conchita the whole time, standing very still, but just commanding the stage and using this brilliant kind of fire-slash-wings motif on the video screens behind her. I think this one is perhaps the first example where the video screens really started to make a difference into the performance itself but the song I think when you take it away from the performer and the staging the song is only okay but this is I think a really good example of how a fantastic performer and just some very well judged staging can mean that having a slightly weaker song isn't actually that much of a hindrance. At number eight, it is our second appearance from Lorene with Tattoo, our most recent winner for Sweden in 2023. Obviously, I think this is the better of her two winning performances based on where I've placed it. I think this time around, the staging is so much better and she is just incredible again, vocally pretty much flawless, an absolute tour de force. You can't take your eyes off her throughout. Whether this is the better song than Euphoria, I go back and forth. I think at the moment, I feel like Euphoria is the stronger song. This is the better performance overall. So this one slightly tips the balance for me, but there's so little in it at this point. It's really, we're talking minimal kind of hair's breadth measures. So it's very, very hard to call. But this, at this precise moment in time, I think is the better of Lorene's two wins. At number seven, one that I think is not a favourite with a lot of people, but I really love, Elle and Nikki running scares for Azerbaijan in 2011, because I'm just a sucker for a perfectly pitched pop ballad. One that's just kind of straightforward and earnest and just absolutely works. This one, I think, 
rely so much on the charisma and the chemistry between the two of them, which just really works for me. And there's just a general kind of less is more feeling about this. There's no particularly elaborate choreography. The staging is quite simple, but the whole thing is really about the two of them, this incredibly sort of sweet love song that they're singing, and they're singing it directly at each other from kind of opposite sides of the stage. And sometimes, you know, the simplest ideas are the best. Performance-wise, there are maybe a couple of slightly off-pitch notes in there, but otherwise, incredibly solid vocals. I, I love the harmonies in this one, and it just really kind of hits me in that kind of very special place. At number six, it's Ruslana with Wild Dances from Ukraine in 2004. The thing that really hits me about this one straight away is just the energy of the whole thing. It's such a demanding, physical dance routine, and the fact that she delivers these pretty much flawless live vocals under those circumstances. I mean, it's like trying to sing during a step aerobics class. It doesn't let up throughout the whole performance, and I think she just does it brilliantly. The whole thing just feels instantly iconic with kind of all the animal skins that they're wearing, the whole kind of like hunting motif that's going on, and this really drum-heavy, insistent song behind it all, which is, again, just so catchy, and really, I think, was the, started to be a bit of a turning point for the competition in terms of what we expected from a winner. And so we come to our top five, and at five, it is Lena with Satellite for Germany in 2010. The staging for this one is comparatively subdued. I think they knew throughout that the appeal of this one was in the song's catchiness, and in Lena herself and her kind of endearing awkwardness and that kind of charming mockney delivery, which was very Marmite for people I know, but I absolutely loved it. And yeah, I've criticised some of the lyrics of these songs over the course of this countdown. This one I think has one of my favourite Eurovision lyrics ever, which is, like a satellite, I'm in orbit all the way around you, which I just think is a fantastic lyric for a love song. I think perhaps this song, above all the others in the countdown, just feels like the sort of thing that would be a massive hit, regardless whether it was a Eurovision song or not. There's just an incredibly well-crafted pop song at the heart of this, and it's just allowed to shine in the way she sings it and the way it's been staged. At number four, it's Manaskin with Zitti e Borni from Italy in 2021. I mean, what I think really hits me about this one straight away is that it's absolutely incredible how it doesn't even feel like it's a Eurovision performance. It feels like this is their gig. Everyone else was a warm-up. They, they turn up, they command the stage immediately, and you sort of forget anything else even happened tonight. I feel like it doesn't matter what your gender or your sexuality is, this is easily one of the sexiest winning performances in Eurovision history. The only criticism I would have at it at this point, and it's an incredibly minor one, but I think perhaps the song itself very slightly runs out of steam about two-thirds of the way through, but everything else about this entry is an absolute A+. I mean, we're really getting into the nitty-gritty here in terms of what separates one song from another, and I'm really looking for just the finest, finest points to determine what's going to get a placing above something else. At number three, it's Sertab with Every Way That I Can from Turkey in 2003. This is just one of my absolute favourite um, Eurovision wins of all time, and I go back and watch it many, many times every year. The staging is just exquisite with all of the dancers who are all kind of attached to her by different rolls of fabric and the way that she's pushing and pulling and twisting throughout. Uh, the way that the song has this kind of excellent blend of you know what feels like very kind of traditional Turkish music with very modern pop music at the same time. This one, I think... You 
know, despite being from 20 years ago, still feels like you could enter this and win with it today. The only real problem I have with this one is I think live, that there's a bit of a mismatch between the backing vocals and her live vocals. Somebody's off key somewhere, and I'm not quite sure who it is, but it's one of the most committed and energetic lead vocals in all of the winning performances. Sertab just turns up, she leaves it all on the floor, leaves nothing behind, and absolutely first class. So are you ready? We're almost at the top spot. Just missing out is Jamala with 1944 from Ukraine in 2016. This one I think I've been on a bit of a journey with, if I'm allowed to say that word. I remember when I did my write-up at the time on my personal blog where I ranked all of the songs from the 2016 contest and I had this one, I think, in the lower reaches of the top ten and I was like, yeah, great performance, great song. I don't really see myself listening to it much after this is over. And I'm happy to admit I was very, very wrong about that. I have listened to this song many, many times since the competition and it just, if anything, gets better with age. It's an incredibly powerful performance. She is in total control the whole time. The the bit that I always come back to is just as we're coming out of the middle eight into the final chorus and she lets out that note, which is this kind of pure guttural pain of, of what she's singing about, um, really just driving the song into the final stretch. The, throughout the performance, bit, she almost seems like she's on the verge of tears, but she's completely in control, holding it back. There's that tree that grows out of her behind the video screen it's all just so incredibly effective it's i think you know this is how you do emotion at eurovision without it seeming manipulative or calculated it just felt very very genuine and i went back and forth uh, over whether this one was going to get the top spot but in the end that had to go to if you've been uh, keeping track you will have worked out what's at the top spot now it is of course maria serifovic with Molitva from Serbia in 2007. I don't know how to describe how much I love this one. There's just an incredible understated drama of it all. Really, really nicely underplayed. I think what's what's really well judged about this is that they knew how good her vocals were and how effective her performance is and made a very conscious decision not to overshadow that with too many bells and whistles. I love my uh, very heartfelt ballads when it comes to Eurovision and I think this one really is genuinely heartfelt. You can just absolutely see it in her eyes when she's performing it. And I, I absolutely love the kind of, you know, the butch femme aesthetic that's going on throughout with her, between her and the dancers. And from a songwriting point of view, the way it just builds when it comes back from the inter- instrumental section, you can really feel the way the crowd gets behind it at that point. The song is really going somewhere. And then when the backing vocals come in and harmonise with her, chills every single time. And I think what really just clinched it for me with this one is the way that you think it's over and then she just comes back for one very, very gentle bit of vocalising right at the end. And it is, for me, the best of all of the winning Eurovision songs of this century. So there we have it. Possibly a few of you have uh, unsubscribed before you even got to this point in utter disgust at the uh, terrible way I treated your favourite and I can only apologise if that was the case, but hopefully I've at least some way explained my reasons for why I have placed the songs in the positions that I have placed them in. For those of you who are still here, thank you very much. Uh, in a fortnight's time, we'll be back to slightly more like normal service as this year's Junior Eurovision approaches. I will be taking a look at the history of that competition. In the meantime, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at BingeWatch underscore pod, or indeed to subscribe on your podcast platform and maybe even leave us a nice review because there's a good possibility I might need them after that ranking. Until next time, good night Europe and good morning Australia. Australia.